There is no name like the name of our God because there is no one like our God. The many divine names used in Scripture reveal His perfect nature. Let's open the Word of God today with Scott Pauling and learn more about the name. Some names are more familiar than others. That's true today, and that's true even in Scripture. We're studying the name, the name of our great God, and specifically all of these uh, interesting combinations that God gives to His name. Uh, we have, we've looked at Elohim, the God of all power, God. Uh, we have looked at El Elyon, the Most High God. Uh, we've learned that El Shaddai means the Almighty God, the one that we draw all source from. He's the God of resource, and uh, He never runs dry. Praise the Lord for that. But today, I want to show you one that is not nearly as well known, and yet, oh, it is powerful. Do you believe that God not only repeats certain things for emphasis, but sometimes even uses something sparingly for emphasis? Well, this particular name is used very sparingly in Scripture, and yet the concept is woven all throughout the Word of God. It is first given to us in Genesis chapter number 20. Now, we don't have time to to read the entire story together. I would challenge you to do that on your own. It is the story of Abraham's encounter with Abimelech. Uh, you'll remember he's, he's had quite a, uh, a shake-up here, if you will, uh, because Abimelech uh, doesn't realize that Sarah is Abraham's wife, and they have quite an argument over it, and Abimelech is pressing him for answers. And in the answer that Abraham gives Abimelech, he uses a name for God. Remember, Abraham was close to God. He was intimate with God. He knew God. Uh, he, was, he was on a first-name basis. Might I say that? Because God made it so. God revealed Himself in an unusual way to Abraham. The Bible says that He spoke to him uh, as a friend, and He was called the friend of God. And so He knew Him well. So he would, he would understand the significance of the names He's using. Well, in Genesis chapter number 20 and verse 13, we read this, And it came to pass, this is Abraham speaking, And it came to pass, when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me. At every place, whether we shall come, say of me, He is my brother. Now, don't miss this. In the, in the larger setting and story here of Abraham and Sarah and Abimelech, he uses a name for God. In our Bible, it simply says, when God caused me. But the name that he uses here, the, the Hebrew name that uh, he would have spoken, that they would have understood, is a most significant name. It is El Olam. It is literally, are you ready for this? The God of eternity. Think about that. The God of eternity. You see, the God we serve is indeed the everlasting God. Remember, Remember Psalm 90, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Literally, from vanishing point to vanishing point. Psalm 90 was written by Moses. It's the oldest psalm in the Bible. So the same man recording Genesis 20 is recording Psalm 90. And he says, I want you to know, you can go all the way back in human history till everything vanishes and God is there. And you can go all the way forward till everything is gone. And guess what? God will still be there. Why? 
because he is the everlasting God. Now, why is that important in Genesis chapter number 20? What can we infer from God revealing this name to us in this particular story? Well, first of all, the Bible says in verse 13, And it came to pass when God... Everything comes to pass. So this is the first thing that I'm, I'm learning from my meditation of this name today. And it is this, that God is eternal even when time changes. Uh, time changes. Time changes things and people. Uh, time moves on. Have you lived long enough to figure that out? Everything changes but our God. He said in Malachi, I am the Lord, I change not. We read of our Lord Jesus in the book of Hebrews that He is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So time may change, but God does not because God is the eternal God. You see, God's not in time. We live in time, don't we? I, I know what time right now I'm recording this particular episode. And uh, I know what time I have to be finished because it's going to end. My time is going to run out. Uh, but God is not bound by time constrictions and restrictions. No, He's not in time. Time actually lives in God. God holds time in the palm of His hand because He's the eternal God. He is the one in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 that created time. And when time is no more and we are in eternity, He'll still be God because He is El Olam. He's the God of eternity. So the God of eternity is greater than time. Not only that, the Bible says, When God caused me to wander. I love this thought of being God-caused. He is the great cause, the first cause. Uh, he's before all things. But here, Abraham is referring to the fact that God had caused him to wander. It's the same word used in Scripture for sheep uh, losing their way or going astray. And uh, yet the shepherd knows exactly where they are. I love this thought. Abraham said, I don't know exactly where I'm going. I'm a nomad. I'm wandering from place to place. But, but God's the one doing this. So notice that the God of eternity is greater than time. The God of eternity is greater than geography. So wherever you may go, not only in time but in place, God is there. So I'm bound by a place, but God is everywhere because God's residence is actually eternity. In fact, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 57, 15. It's the only place in the Bible where the actual word eternity is found in our English Bible. Isaiah 57, 15 says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite ones. I tell you, Isaiah 57, 15 is one of the great verses to memorize. But it gives us God's address. If I say to you, where does God live? Somebody says, heaven. Somebody else says, in my heart. The answer is, actually, God lives in eternity. Can you imagine a God so big, He fills up eternity? It means, regardless of where you go, God is there. In a sense, we're all wanderers. We're all pilgrims. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Think of Abraham. Put yourself in his sandals for just a moment. In the previous chapters, he's gone from Ur to Haran, from Haran to Shechem, from Shechem to Bethel, from Bethel to Egypt, from Egypt back to Bethel, from Bethel to Hebron, and now from Hebron to Gerar. What's he saying? No matter where I go, God's still God. Let me give you one third and final application today. The God of eternity is not only greater than time and greater than location, but He's also greater than your circumstance. At this particular moment, 
Abraham was in a mess. He's dealing with Abimelech. He's in danger of his life. And yet he recognizes that God is greater than Abimelech. And God is greater than every circumstance. Oh, don't you love this? I tell you, I remember being in the Middle East years ago, seeing those nomads living in tents, driving their flocks, moving from place to place, circumstances changing with the weather, dust storms coming, a sun beating down on top of them. And yet this great nomad, this great traveler Abraham says, I'm glad to rest in this and report that my God is El Olam. He is the God of eternity. Friend, he always has been God. He's God today and he always will be God. He's greater than time. He's greater than place. He's greater than circumstance. He's greater than you, me, and anything we are dealing with today. Would you rejoice in the truth revealed in Genesis 20 that our God, His name is El Olam. He is the God of eternity. We are told in Acts 4 verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can place your faith in Him now. And God promises, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We encourage you to listen to all of our studies in this series and find other helpful tools on our website. If you would like to support this Bible teaching ministry, you may do so at enjoyingthejourney.org. Thank you for helping us reach others with the gospel.